0: Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Eric Lindborg, and I'm an active member of the church, and I also serve on the First Church Orlando's Media and Communications Committee. As we enter the Advent and Christmas season, we're talking with some of our First Church Orlando family about what the Advent season means to them and how our church has helped to bless them with the gifts of Advent, hope, peace, joy, and love. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Doug Barrett, to talk with him about what the Advent season of First Church means to him. Doug, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Eric. I'm...
0: It's great to be with you. So um, you're, you're probably a man who doesn't need a lot of introduction around our church because you're, you're, you're always there and you're always smiling and uh, always part of whatever good is happening at the church. But um, even having said that, tell, tell us a little bit more about you, maybe where you're from, your personal life. And... Uh, Maybe you how you found show? your way, yeah. <laughs> how you found your way to First Church. Go ahead. Anywhere you'd like.
1: Um, well, let's see. I was born in North Carolina. I was a uh, little town called Washington, North Carolina. Um, I stayed. I was there until I was age of four, and then uh, we moved to Kansas. My father got a promotion with his company, um, and it, we moved to Independence uh if you're looking at the map of kansas or or, you know if you're looking at at kansas we're at the southeast corner we're only two hours away from tulsa oklahoma okay so um i stayed there until i was 13 and then at the age of 13 that was in 1985 we moved to virginia i stayed in virginia for one year um there's a lot of um disappointment, a lot of heartache um, a death in the family and um, my life kind of spiraled out of control yeah. at the end of that year beginning of 1986 and then I moved to back to North Carolina with my mom in 1986 and we stayed. In, um, um a town called Blunt's Creek it's where my whole family is from my mm. cousins my aunts my uncles and I was going to church there that's where I um, I was raised in the Church of Christ mm. um, you know it was the I guess I don't know if they were more the conservative or a little bit more liberal we had a piano. That's all I can say is that I know we only had a piano in our, in our um, sanctuary and it was very tiny, very small sanctuary. My grandmother went there. So it was just really great. And then in 90, I moved away in 94 to, um, well, let me just back up. We then moved to Newburgh, North Carolina in uh, the summer of 86, and I was going to school and there, and that's where I graduated from high school, was Newburgh, North Carolina. And then um, I went to Craven Community College. I went to Roanoke Bible College, which was a Christian college, and my mm-hmm. church helped me pay for that. And then I was going to Carteret Community College because um, I was trying to find where I fit in as far as mm-hmm. which one of the colleges that be best. Um, then in 94, I moved to South Carolina, moved to Myrtle Beach, and I stayed there for one year. And then um, in 90, the following year, 95, I moved back to Virginia to try to make amends with my father, mm-hmm. which ultimately did not work out um so i moved back to north carolina moved to raleigh in 96 and on october 12th of 1996 i came out as a gay man so awesome once after once after during this whole transitioning of my life and i was starting to look for a a church another church and see where i could fit in Well, of course, I went back home a few times, and then um, it was like three or four. And then the last time I went, I told everybody that I was gay, and they just said, "We love you," Mm. but God doesn't love God still loves you, but they, you know, love the sin, sinner, hate the sin kind of thing, and yeah, they excommunicated me from the church Hmm. so at that point i felt like i was you know spiritually lost for a long long time and then in 2000 i met my partner cecil and um to he brought me down for vacation that summer for our birthdays my his birthday is on july 10th mine's the 14th so oh fun always yeah so you already made us he already every year he already makes his reservations and makes his uh plans his trip down here to florida so he didn't tell me where we we're going for my birthday until like literally about a week before <laughs> so he's like okay we need to start packing or figure out what we're going to pack and i said okay were you going to tell me where we're going and he's like well um i wanted to surprise you for your birthday but i'm taking you to Disney." and i just Oh my gosh. Oh uh, yeah. My brain just went, Woo-hoo. <laughs> you know, I was just like, so fun. Oh yeah. So it, we came down, uh, for our birthdays. And then we went on our way back home. He works, he works at Waffle house, um, or did, I should say he, um, well, he's now about working with them now. Um, and at the time when I met him, I was working at Lowe's home improvement warehouse. Mm. So, uh, he brought me on the way back home. We were stopping like maybe every third or fourth waffle house. Wow. And I didn't know what he was trying to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> and what do I figured it out by the time we got home that he was tr- thinking about, we were, it was already in our brains that we we're going to think about transferring down here. Uh. So um, I started really Just knowing what I wanted to do was to, and he knew that. Mm. So we were just trying to uh, work out the, um, the financial part of it, the, of me transferring, see if he could get transferred or if he could find a job. Well, two weeks before Thanksgiving in 2000, we moved.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. It was meant to be Doug. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, we moved down uh, to Altamont Springs. And, uh, and then in 2003 um, we moved here to the house that we're living in now. And been here, 2003, this is 2021, 18 years. (laughs) So we've been in the house for 18 years. So once after we got moved and around 2000, about the end of uh, beginning of 2008 and especially during Christmas time, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do as far as going to a church. Mm. So um, I started looking online and I found first United Methodist. And the first time I walked into the sanctuary, I was blown away. Mm. Not only by the size of the sanctuary, but the feeling that I, Overcame me when I first walked into the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. It was just calming, soothing. Um, it was just a, I felt like spiritually, just something just came inside of me and said, This is w- where you should be. But I was still kind of reluctant at that time because I wasn't sure where the church sat or anything. And mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about Methodist Church. Well, in 2009, I was wanting to come back to my church. Well, my best friend um, that passed back in 2015, she was Catholic. So she says, well, why don't you go to church with me this year? And I said, okay, no problem. Well, my uh, my next door neighbor across the street and um, our best friend, Jenny and Christine and myself went to uh, St. Mary Magdalene over in Maitland. Mm-hmm. I walked in, you know, we walked in. I said, this is really interesting. You know, This is, you know, I'm like, I felt kind of unnerved, kind of uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but it was, but, you know, so when I'm sitting there, I'm listening to the sermon and everything and how they, how the Catholic church does things. And, um, well, when it came up to communion, <laughs> uh, I am, it's time for communion. I automatically just think in my head, okay, this is what we're supposed to do, everything yeah. else. I get up, I get in line, both Christine and my best friend, Jenny, looked at each other. <laughs> they weren't sure what I was doing. So when I came back after taking communion, <laughs> they both looked at me and said, you're going to hell. Oh my gosh. Go to- <laughs> yeah. They said, you're going to, con- you didn't get a confession and you're not Catholic. So you got a double whammy after you now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so I just thought it was the funniest thing. And I had to do it every year since, every time when I would go to the, I would just yeah. do it just out of, you know, just to get a kick out of it, you know, but it, meaningfully for me, though, even though I was in a Catholic church, I know what it meant for me spiritually, mm-hmm. especially on Christmas Eve, when you're taking communion, you know, it's to me, that is part of what um, Christmas is all about you know absolutely you know even though it's it's more resident you know it's more related to uh lent and you know the crucifixion and the resurrection year for me however it's it's like a rebirth amen as well amen so Mm -hmm. um so in 2015 is when I, well, I went back in 2014, let's see, I went back to the first United Methodist in 2013, 2014 and 2015. And during that time, however, I was going through, I saw two different pastors. The first time I went, I remember, uh, Gary Spence mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure how he w- was. I mean, he was personable to some degree, I bet, you know, wasn't, um, you weren't sure if he was uh, affirming uh, right. meaning you right. Yeah, yeah right mm-hmm. exactly i wasn't sure if he was affirming or you know accepting mm-hmm. and then of course when tom uh, the next time i went back it was tom mccloskey mm-hmm. so the next couple of times i saw him he was gracious and you know yeah. um but once again i wasn't sure well yeah. on christmas eve 2015 it was literally right after the service my mother and i were going to get some more coffee and this gracious wonderful man named john richard Uh, and his boyfriend at the or his partner at the time which now they're our husband griff john richard came up to me and he put his hand around me arm around me and he looked at me directly in the face and says you need to become a member Mm. he says we're very accepting very affirming he says we're very gracious Here at this church, and my mother was standing beside me when we were talking. You know, that's a little brief conversation. And I said, Okay, I'll think about it. And he's like, Really, seriously, think about it. So, um, right at the end of the holidays, uh, I, at the end of January, I gave Emily Edwards at the time, which is now, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, (laughs) Sugar. Yeah. Uh, She, I called, made an appointment to see her. And her and I had a real, I think it was about an hour and a half conversation. Mm. About and she just really embraced me and was very reaffirming to me that the church itself is very reaffirming that they are um, um, accepting of the gay community and of all people they're you know, um, she did say, however, that there are going to be some people that may not, yeah. you know, they're going to be, they'll be gracious to you, but there may not be mm-hmm. as, you know, accepting, but they will still welcome you into, you, they'll, you know, to church, you know, they'll welcome you to the congregation and be gracious, but they may not like the fact that you're, you know, yeah. gay. And I'm sitting, yeah. okay. I'm saying, okay. So on February 22nd, 2016, I got the, I stood in front of the congregation and I took my vows. And at that moment, I just felt like everything changed for me for the first time. Um, Mm. You know, it was just an overwhelming experience standing in that, just being in that Sanctuary and then taking my vows in the church that I felt so comfortable in. Yeah. It felt like a second home. And so I just, it was, it was just it was just an amazing experience for me that time.
0: Oh, Doug, thank you for sharing that. That is um, <laughs> I just love hearing that. You know, and I also love the fact that Emily was um, if she was clear with you, she's like, look, we love you, we accept you, the church accepts you. But not everyone's going to be, you know, wear that on their sleeve necessarily, right? right? I love the fact right. that she was honest with you because you've, right. as you just described, um, you've lived a life of, well, first of all, you've been around a lot of places, you've been on the move a lot. And that
2: mm-hmm.
0: that on its own, I think, can be tiring of your soul on your soul, <laughs> but to be, to, to not be, I won't say to be rejected although you did say you were excommunicated, but to not be loved and embraced and accepted is, is wearisome. Um, right. So I love, I love, love your story. Um, did you mention that you came to the church and you stepped into the sanctuary and you felt that feeling of peace, which by the way, I get to in that space, it's a beautiful space. Was that also a Christmas Eve service?
1: Mm-hmm. It was. was my first It was in 2008 Christmas Eve it was the 11 o'clock service and um i sat in three rows i sat in the middle aisle three rows from the uh altar i wanted to be very close and just see everything and just felt just
2: yeah uh,
1: yeah
0: And it, it, it's interesting to me that you, you know, you you'd spent a few years visiting the the Catholic Church, which also, you know, you you learned a lot through that, right?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> How did I ever <laughs> it was I, I don't know if I should say this in a proper way, but I for me it was amusing. I'm mm. just saying it was very amusing, but it was just yeah. it was an it was an experience. Yeah. But it was it, it was just um, the kneeling the standing the sitting the kneeling the standing the sitting, and i was just like it's it's just really in you know intriguing and interesting how different religions are about the same christ that we all worship you know the same god right right and we just all you know we all worship in different ways but we're all you know we're all praising god for what he's done that's right know? and it's just like well but the thing is is that you're catholic and you and you say that you're full of grace but yet you're not graceful enough to accept people who Mm. are different so you know it's It's,
2: that it was it's
1: like it's just it was just amusing and you know A different experience.
0: (laughs) I I appreciate Doug the fact that you found it amusing, and that is the word that you used to describe (laughs) it. And I'll leave it there.
1: (laughs) Because when I think back at it now, even that, even now, just thinking about with my best friend and my next door neighbor, it was just it was just so comical and funny for me. And then the following the following year, or the year after the next time we went, after once I sat back down. The, uh, they were doing the um, uh, passing at a plate, you mm-hmm. know, the offering. And my best friend turns over the money. <laughs> she turns all the money. <laughs> I said, <started laughs> like, okay, okay, this is, you know, this is just God's saying something to us, you know? Uh, you know? That's, he has a sense of humor. So,
0: God does have a know. sense of humor. I'm convinced of that. Um, oh yeah so, so you 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 visited the church the first time first church and mm-hmm. I think you said 2008 and then mm-hmm. you came again Christmas Eve 2015 so seven years later and then a couple months later you, you became a member in 2016 so um why do you think why do you think you know, you, you had that, you had that sort of warm feeling in 2008 when you entered, uh, do you think it was a matter of you had to get through the journey to find out what our church was really like before you settled in and became a member yes. in 2016? I'm just kind of curious why it took so long. Cause you, you seem to really uh, love
1: the church. Yeah, I did, but I was also going through a lot of, uh, um, things in my life at that mm. time to understand, um, you know, um, uh, it was just, it was just, um, just trying to still figure out where, you know, yeah. where I still belong, and and just trying to find my way. Mm. And so every time when I came to the, you know, to this Christmas Eve service, even though it was every other year, I just got that same feeling. Mm. It, it never left. Love it. And and it felt like each time I went though it got a little stronger and a and more um just m- more embracing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Each time I went, you know, I just felt like you know, God just put his arms around me and said you're home. Love this it. This is where you belong. And I just that was just the way I felt. And I just, you know, it was just in the over power of feeling, you know, just overpowering. Just and it was just I just didn't know because I didn't get that, you know, I didn't get an actual sign until John came up. Yeah. I just didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know who was, you know, who was um I didn't I didn't know anybody really. Yeah. I mean honestly I didn't. So I didn't know, you know, and you know, I know and I know that Tom and Emily and Shelly they were there and they were just being graceful and just, you know, saying, thank you for coming. um. And I think also too, when it's that late at night and they've already had three services, right? I know that they're like, we're ready to go home. So they weren't, they weren't going to have any conversation with me at all. So I just like, <laughs> and, it, and, you know, and I'm not trying to throw them under the bus. It, it's, it's, sure. I know it was, a, it's just an exhausting time during that time. Cause I mean, we didn't have three we had four. Right, because we had that. We had the eight thirty service. We had the nine thirty, the eleven o'clock, and the five thirty.
0: It's a marathon.
1: Yeah, it was. And for <laughs> them, I'm just like, God, love them, the, you know. And so <laughs> I was just like, so you know. But um, I'm really ungrateful for John. I mean, mm. he. John is a man that I respect highly. He's not only um, just a member of the church, but he's he's like a brother and a best friend to me. Mm. You know, and then it's it was just really just knowing that he just came up to me and just asked, you know, said you need me to become a member. And then afterwards, afterwards, he told me the reason why he did it It is because you were blinging a lot. (laughs) I had a pan on and I had all my jewelry on. I was just like, he's like, I hate saying this, but he's like, you're blinging as bad as Griff. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like, okay, okay. So I, I, so I understood so it was, um, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. And so it's just been, um, he's been a blessing in my life. He really and truly has been a true blessing in my life. And, and um, it's, so that this whole journey now with me, is just, it's been an amazing experience now, you
0: know? Well, I, I, I love, and I think it's, it's, symbolic that you know it was the Advent season that kept you coming back and and the gifts of Advent were it sounds like personified by by John on that day when he came and, and greeted you. Um you know the gifts of Advent are being hope, peace, joy and love. It sounds to me like John gave you all four.
1: He did. Yep. Um you know I I got the peaceful feeling when I walked into the sanctuary, I got the joy out of hearing both Gary and Tom's sermon. Mm. Um, you know, and the love. However, I didn't, I didn't know about the love then, because it, you know, going into yep. a brand new sanctuary, you don't know anybody, you're not sure, right? You know about anything. You're just walking into. Yeah you're just going to a a service and just just being a part of the congregation and you know you just leave with a uh an overwhelming experience of peace love and joy you know you you, you feel the love of god in you of course yeah which is that's the biggest blessing ever but there's also a part that felt for me was i wasn't sure about if it was was, i'm not going to say it was missing but i think it was hidden Yeah, you know it was hidden. It had to be found. Hidden. It had to be found. So, and of course, um, it was found by John, mm-hmm. and that's the way it was. You mm-hmm. know. So,
0: well, John, if you're listening, thank you.
1: I hope so. Me too. <laughs> I hope he does listen to this podcast. I really do because he's he's an amazing. But there, then after once I became a member. so many things just started going in my head that i was um the following sunday after i became a member john came back i was sitting with john and he's like after after service he looks at me and he says well next sunday you need to come to the sunday school class of the new class <laughs> 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 i said okay so i said what time is that he says it's 9 30 i said okay so um i go in and i'm nervous I was Mm -hmm. totally I was overwhelmed I was a little bit uh, uh, um, I took a step back kind of you know I wasn't sure what the class was about and I wasn't sure how accepting I was going to be or anything like that and within a month I mean just within a month everybody was just expecting you know to see me every day and then um um uh Ed Siepel Sue's husband um, took a turn for the worst and ended up passing, which I didn't get a chance to really get to know Ed, you mm-hmm. know. And, and I feel and you know, and I'm sad that I didn't get a chance to. I'm not gonna say I regret it. I'm not gonna say that um, it was it was just something that I just never got a chance to. it was just, yeah. You know, it was just you know, I wish I got a chance to really understand the kind of person he was and have a conversation with him. But once after he passed, Frank Gilbert took over his uh, his uh, seat in the uh, new class as the tech guy. Mm. So he would do the tech, and then I would be running around with the mic like Donahue, Phil Donahue. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I know the post. So that, yeah, exactly. Hang on. So um, at... After that, uh, Frank asked me if I just wanted to take over the whole tech. He'd show me all the ins and outs of it. And I said, sure. So he took, you know, and he started sitting with his wife, Linda. and,
2: mm.
1: I mean, um, yeah, Laura. I'm sorry, Laura Gilbert, not Linda. Laura Gilbert. And um, uh, they started sitting together and I just took care of everything else. I just started taking control of the tech. And, you know, and then next thing you know, I'm on the curriculum committee. <laughs> And let's see, uh, then uh, on June 12th, 2016 was the worst yeah. day of, I think, this whole community just endeavored. Um, it was the tragic night of pulse. And yes. it was an empty. That whole week, it was just so, it, it just seemed empty and lost during that whole week. It just, mm-hmm. the whole city was basically in, you know, just in numb mood. Mm-hmm. Everything was just, everybody was numb. Nobody was knowing what to do. And, you know, um, so Monday on uh, this uh, the 13th they had that um, the memorial at Dr. Phillips mm-hmm. I went to that and I wasn't just representing myself I was also representing the church but on my way back from Dr. Phillips I saw Emily and Shelly Tom um, a few other people that were from the staff outside, giving out water, cookies, the sanctuary was even open. They said, if you need to come in for, you know, to pray, if, mm. if you need to, you know, uh, you know, some spiritual counseling, whatever, we've got Stephen ministers on board. If you want to talk to one of us, they were free. I mean, we literally just boasted up at our doors at that moment, because Tom said something's got to be done. Mm. And at that point, that's when we all realized that, this was a turning point for the church, you know. Where we we're not exclu- we didn't exclude the gay community. It wasn't that we were not open enough, mm. how Tom put it. And so when we had the interfaith, which was on that <laughs> Wednesday, that was fabulous. I think it was either it was either Tuesday or Wednesday night, and I was there. And Tom said and. I wasn't sure if he said it to John, but, um, I don't know, but Tom said he was, there was drag Queens, leather daddies, you know, (laughs) every type of, everybody in the gay community was there. And Tom said, if this is what heaven looks like, I'm in heaven.
0: Amen. Uh,
1: so, you know, and when I heard that from John, I just, I just wish I could have heard it as well. Cause that's yeah. just, that was just a beautiful, beautiful just statement that Tom made, you know? So well,
0: you, you kind of already answered my next question, but I'll answer it anyways, or ask it anyways, um, sure. it's, you know, as a member of the, the gay community, and I also know you're active with Ford together, what would you want to share with members of the LGBTQ community who may be looking for a place to worship? What would you want them to know about our church? Our heart.
1: We're very affirming, very accepting, very loving community. I mean, mm. our congregation is very um, welcoming. I mean, it's just overwhelming mm. what feeling we will get when you walk into the, you know, into the sanctuary and into our congregation. How much you are loved, mm. and that you are accepted. And that you're no longer, you don't feel like you have to be abandoned by anybody because you're no longer abandoned. Instead, you're embraced.
0: Mm. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Embraced and loved. So what is your hope for this Advent season, Doug?
1: Peace. Yeah. I, you know, I'm listening to the news and listening to what's going on with our leadership and our administration and, and what's going on around the world and i'm thinking to myself we're all lost mm. you know our, we're supposed to be a world of united and at least even though we can't agree at least understand that doesn't mean that we have to Exhort to violence or um, discrimination. Yes. Just say, I just don't agree with your, you know, with what you're saying, and then go with that. You learn to agree to disagree. But instead, now everything's, you know, is so extreme with violence and discrimination and just hatred. Mm. I mean, extreme hatred. I mean, and it's just disgusting. And I'm, I'm, I'm wanting, I'm praying for peace and I'm, I would love a lot more joy to, to come to people Amen. and, and to be, know that they are loved, you know, there's love everywhere, you know, it, and the thing is, if you don't know how to love, there's somebody who can show you how to love. So, it's
0: so true. So true. Including Jesus Christ, right?
1: Absolutely. But you know, with some people, they think you know the you know they I'm not going to get political, but there's just some people out there that will take it literally. You know, it's what you know. And I'm thinking to myself, really, that's what you think he's saying. <laughs> you know, right? right. <laughs> you know, well. you know. I, I'm just like, well, you need to rethink that and think about theology, and you know. And really, just, because if you look hard and deep, Christ just didn't hang out with just, he didn't hang out with politicians. He didn't hang out with rich people. He hung out with lepers, poor people, you know, yeah. people that there was just, you know, that were just ordinary people
0: who needed to be loved.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So.
0: Thank you for sharing that. You know, let let's let's end on on something kind of fun. I uh, okay. So I one of the things I love about Advent in the Christmas season is singing Christmas carols and and good old hymns. So do you have a favorite this time of year? It's
1: not it, 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 one of my favorites. It's not sung a lot, but this past Sun uh, Saturday we had a retreat. Vance actually mm-hmm. did a retreat and I should mention Vance and Emily real fast because they are our present and our future of this church. Mm. They're embracing, loving, caring, graceful, full of grace. And they are like my brother and sister in Christ. I just feel so blessed that they are part of our church and that they, you know, it's just that, um, um for what vance did this past saturday um he had a retreat and it started off with us going into the sanctuary and having a moment of you know of meditation and silence uh-huh. and then chris gabelle actually played the piano and what he played it was a bleak midwinter mm. and That of all time is one of my favorite hymns, and it's not sung very often because it's a very high, you know, it's always a a soprano or um, can sing it. It's very, you know, there's parts of it that's very high, you know, difficult, right? Yes, it is. But it's one of my uh, the first time I ever heard it, though, is when Julie Andrews did it and she had a TV special Mm. and it was called The Sound of Christmas. Ah. that that was in the late 80s mid 90s and she went back to Salzburg she went to the church that uh that supposedly well she got married in Hollywood you know the cathedral but she actually was in that cathedral with um um Luciano Pavarotti and John Denver were her co uh, that were her guest <laughs> hosts on the show, and when she she went to the convent and watched, and that's when that song came up,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I just that to me is what Christmas is all about. I mean, it was snowing, it was beautiful, it was just a peace. I mean, she's in a convent; it was just a beautiful, peaceful, and that's what I look at it whenever when I hear that song. You know, it's just everybody says, Oh, Holy Night or Little Town of Bethlehem or Silent Night. You know, it's all our typical hymns. But for me, it's one that doesn't stick out as much.
0: Yeah, it's special in your heart. And I love the shout out to Chris. I, I always get to I go to the contemporary service and I always get there a little early because he plays, as my mom would say, good old-fashioned gospel piano and just hammers oh, those keys and oh yeah
1: i love yeah. it oh, he's oh so yeah when he's in his sanctuary he plays he steps a little bit back because it's more traditional of course yeah. but, you know it's it, but it, his new is kind to of play it's absolutely it's beautiful and i would love to hear it on the organ though by Morgan. yes you know i would love for her to play it if she could
0: i know, bet you could make understand. that happen doug I, feel, I hear you know a few people. Well, sure.
1: uh, I don't know if I could ask her or not. I'm kind of, you know, when it comes to Linda, I know she's got a, you know, she's very pretty well set in some ways. And I'm just like, you know, I would right. offer her to play it just once, you know, just to hear it. Um, but uh, yeah, but that's, that was, so uh, that was, that's my favorite camp. And I think it's, in because what it, what it brings is like, um, there's a part, of, there's one specific, um, stands in the um, in the song what could I give him mm. I mean mm-hmm. you know you know there's you what can you give God for a Christmas present I mean you know yeah it's you know he, he's got everything he I think the only thing we can give him is our love and our just a, knowing that we care and we're here for him.
0: Amen. We can worship him and we can find hope, peace, love, and joy
1: That's from it. him. Amen, brother.
0: Well, Doug, thank Amen. you so much for spending time with us today. And on behalf of the church, just want to thank you for what you personally do to bring hope, peace, joy, and love to our church and our community, uh, because you do. A, and we're grateful for you, I, Doug.
1: It's, uh, I'm, it's an honor and a blessing for me is to help serve this church as best we can. And, and you know, just hopefully uh, and bring it, you know, just keep it moving forward, mm-hmm. you know, just moving it forward. And, um, and hopefully in the future, it will be even more. So as far as, you know, peace, love and joy.
0: That is our prayer. Well, so. thank you again, Doug. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, We invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon
2: you and give you peace.